Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. At midnight Eastern, I gotta be honest, I went and did something else with my night for a bit. I mean, this was an eight Evaldi game at one point, and sometimes cool Red Sox stuff regarding Evaldi well after midnight happens. But uh, this is not World Series time. This is not the movie Gremlins. This was playing out in real time, and it was not fun. Uh, Once the Sox got to a ninth pitcher of the night in five hours, I mean, 90-day fiancé isn't going to watch itself, you know. But I came back. Alas, the Red Sox never did. It ended in 15 innings, 7-6 San Francisco. You ready? Are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? Yeah, another one bit the dust at Fenway. Although, some interesting things happened. We'll discuss on Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. A bit of a waste at Fenway. There was some amazing Red Sox defense in this game. Jackie Bradley Jr., Brock Holt, a tumbling catch on the warning track. Bogarts had maybe the best plays made all year. A lot of stuff was worth looking at, but certainly not the scoreboard at the end. A 7-6 San Francisco in 15. Josh Lewin with you. Original Yaz played his very first Red Sox game 58 years ago. He singled in his first Fenway at bat back on April 11, 1961. Uh, his career would end on a rather nondescript Sunday against the Cleveland Indians in 1983. I'm going to flash you back because this is fun. You know who the Ron Meyer-led 8-8 eight eight Patriots were playing that day when Yaz shut it down, October 3, 1983? San Francisco. Seriously. That was a good Niners team, too, in 83. That went all the way to the NFC title game. Uh, anyway, 33-13 for the visitors on Yaz's final day when you look at what happened uh, between a New England team and a San Francisco team. Derek Ramsey, 30-yard touchdown catch from Steve Grogan, the highlight. But uh, this would be different. This was San Francisco and a New England team and a Yastrzemski. But this was much, much, much later. Mike Yastrzemski, grandson of Carl, uh, great photo ops before the game, a lot of warmth. But, you know, you you think about it. In between Carl Yastrzemski's April of 61 and October of 83, 3,419 hits. 452 home runs, a couple of World Series that he played in, was an MVP, triple crown winner in 67 when basically baseball got saved in Boston. And uh, all of that was fun for the old timers to just kind of rally around. We asked some of the new timers, what's in it for Mike? Uh, Coming in, having a, a wonderful breakout year at the age of 29, 833 OPS, uh, 19 home runs already. There, there would be more in this one. This is a guy who had played against the Red Sox only in spring training when he was a member of the Orioles. He was a 14th-round draft pick out of Vanderbilt. Never had an OPS higher than 832 
in the minors. Here he is at 833 in the majors at the age of 29. And the Orioles would love to have that trade back at this point. Anyway, in the fourth inning of this game, which was a million years ago, Mike Yastrzemski, homer to center field on a 3-1 and fastball off of Baldy. So make it 20 homers, most ever by a Giants rookie within his first 90 career games. Well, at least spread over one season. If you go McCovey, he had 22 in 88 games split over two seasons. But anyway, uh, to the actual game, I really don't want to give you the, the nuts and bolts of it because it was, I mean, it was just so long and nothing much really happened of note, at least not that we want to really go over because, look, Joe West had home plate. Guy probably had the pee since the third inning. And he soldiered through. We'll soldier through. I'll, I'll tell you what you need to know here. J.D. Martinez tweaked a groin, uh, his own. Sam Travis got hit in the back of the head, legging out a triple. Why Sam Travis is tripling, I have no idea. Mookie Betts still has a toe issue. He may, might not play again all year. He's the only guy that did not get into this game. And eventually it would be decided, not in the 13th, when the team's traded runs, but in the 15th. And you look at the box score, uh, somebody, anybody with three hits, one guy, Brandon Crawford, who once had a seven-hit game for the Giants, but uh, he was the only guy with three in this game. Each team ended up with 14 total. Bogarts had two for the Red Sox. Devers had two. Sandy Leone had two. Didn't even start the game. Jackie Bradley had two, including a home run, his 19th of the year. Marco Hernandez had two. Intriguing option for next year, by the way, if Brock Holt moves on. 270 batting average, playing some solid defense. Uh, Devers, two for eight in this game. He left five on base. He struck out three times. Doesn't really look like himself these days. And neither does Andrew Benintendi. My goodness. 0 for seven. He stranded seven. He is five for 53 in September now. But uh, I I guess what we need to, to get you to here... The, the biggest talking point of this game is the pure number of pitchers that were involved. There were four just in the 12th inning used by the Giants, and they would go on to use a record-setting 13 in the ballgame. Uh, the Red Sox chipped in with 11 of their own, so 24 pitchers total in this game. For those of you who remember Louis Tiant and Nolan Ryan in 1974 facing off famously, Nolan Ryan went 13 innings, struck out 19, Tiant for the Red Sox never left the game. He went 14 and a third. Angels would win that game 4 to 3. And there was a two run Carl Yastrzemski homer in the ninth inning that tied things up and sent it to extras in that one before a Denny Doyle double won it in the 15th for the homestanding Angels. Of course, Denny Doyle would go on to have a, a decent showing as a Boston Red Sox. So um, this game probably should have been over. In the 13th inning, when we were at only 21 pitchers, not 24, Kyle Bearclaw, named for a pastry, uh, working with a one-run lead, bases loaded, goes to 3-0 and on the pinch-hitting Juan Centeno. I know, you've never heard of him, and he's actually a Red Sox. The Sox had emptied the bench except for last year's MVP, Mookie Betts. Bearclaw throws one mercy strike and then walks Centeno, ties the game 6-6. Brock Holt grounds out, smashes his batting helmet, Everybody was feeling Brock Holt at that point. On to the 14th inning, Mike Yastrzemski, leadoff double, off the 22nd pitcher of the night, Brian Johnson. Eventually, two-on-one out for Stephen Vogt. 
My vote was just to call this thing a tie at this point, but no one ever listens to old Joshy. Uh, vote strikes out. Trevor Kelly comes in for Johnson, 23rd pitcher of the game. The 1980 Baltimore Orioles used 12 pitchers in one season. The Giants used 12 in one game at this point. The Red Sox, 11 at this point. Anyway, Kevin Pillar grounds out. Uh, that means the Sox can win it in the 14th. They cannot. Derek Rodriguez now pitching. So there you have it, the record-setting 13th giant pitcher. Everyone they could think of besides Juan Berenguer, Vita Blue, and Scott Gareltz uh, ties a major league record, 24 pitchers total in one game. With one out, Sandy Leone, a single to right center. Jackie Bradley Jr. already with his 19th home run of the year, strikes out looking at a changeup precisely down the middle. Marco Hernandez, nope, flies out to A. Yastrzemski in left. So to the 15th inning, uh, one for every letter of Mike Yastrzemski, as our good friend Tom Karen pointed out on Twitter at like 3 in the morning, it felt like. Uh, so here we were heading towards six hours of, frankly, very bad baseball. Trevor Kelly is on the mound, and a guy that you root for, but he just couldn't get it done. Uh, it's a guy that actually grew up in Rhode Island, had some people at the game. Donovan Solano, one-out bloop double, gets moved along to third on a wild pitch. Alex Dickerson pinch hits, sack fly, 7-6. Sox have still never led at this point. Uh, Kelly gets many Yaz out, pops him up. His grand pops probably heads off to bed once and for all. Bottom of the 15th, Benintendi grounds out. We mentioned an 0-for-7 game. Bogarts walks. Devers base hit to left, and you're thinking, why? Maybe. Brock Holt is up, hits a pellet with two on one out. But it's a line-out double play to former Sox hotshot prospect Mauricio Dubon, and that is your ball game. What a waste. Ugh. Alex Cora, after the fact. If you can like resume our season in six hours, right there, honestly. Close games, you know, we didn't hit with men in scoring position. We didn't pitch well in the beginning, but then we pitched well. We played good defense, but then we didn't. Honestly, if you want to put you know, everything in in six hours, it's right there. Uh, I mean, I was watching. I was like, long game, extra inning games, using the bullpen, knowing that we have a bullpen day maybe tomorrow. It's been like that the whole season. So you know, that's, that's how I felt. Were you surprised at all when uh, you went for another pitching game? No, and uh, I bet he was surprised that we pinched it. I mean, when you're competing, you're competing. You want to win every game possible. And he's going to do what he has to do to win games, and we're going to do what we have to do to win games. That's that's the beauty of this. You know, regardless of where you are in the standings, you, you have to compete. And their guys competed, and we competed too. You know, it just took a long time, but uh, yeah, that's, that's how we're going to do it. We've been doing that for for two years as a group, and we're going to keep doing it. All right, so there's the manager, and a quick look ahead now. Wednesday is upon us. Jeff Samarja, 10-12 and 12 against Julius Chastin, 3-10 and 10 overall. Obviously, most of that is a Brewer, 5.44. His former team, those Brewers, amazing. Yelich gets hurt. They win 10 of 11, and, and no one can seem to explain that. One last thing to leave you with here, and it is a positive. Uh, Rob Bradford as you probably know, has this killer podcast. It's fantastic. Brad Foe's show. You can find it uh, right here where you found this one, pretty much. And with David Ortiz taking the time to talk to Rob Bradford, 
totally worth cross-promoting that particular podcast. We're all in this together. Thought you'd like to hear a little bit from David Ortiz back in uh, Fenway and back talking to people after all that he's been through. We'll leave you with that. Here's a little bit of it. Yeah, I mean, I got shot, and I, to be honest with you, I wasn't hurting. I was just, like, I don't know if, if it is just. You weren't hurt. You didn't feel it? No, I didn't feel no. it. I feel like a little burn, you know, but I don't, I don't, I don't even look at that. I know that I was hurting, you know, uh, because of the impact or the, and the sound, but I start hurting later, right when I was about to walk into the, uh, to get a surgery. I started getting scared about this uh, once I was going through the process. Mm-hmm. That I had to get a third surgery. You, know. you mean not when you came back to Boston? So, yeah, after I'm here. Yeah. So I mean, the most scared you got actually was when you after you came to Boston. Really? Yeah, because of now I know what I'm dealing with. Now I know where I got damaged, and I know that those parts uh, wasn't working the way the doctor respects. So they start talking about third surgery. Then when I was hearing all that, because. You get scared because when that happens, you get scared because you don't know if you're going to be able to survive. But then I survived, and my next thing to worry about was what am I going to be like after everything. And again, you can get more with Big Poppy and uh, fairly big Rob Bradford on the Bradford Show podcast. That'll do it for Sox Daily. Oh, my God. Seriously, another four-hour-plus game. Nearly six, as a matter of fact, uh, and I don't blame the Fenway stands for being nearly empty at the bitter end. This was a bitter finish. Seven to six, a game that needed only 24 pitchers and only one Joe West, who never did leave the field to go pee-pee as far as we know. I am not suggesting that somehow maybe he might need to go to the dry cleaners tomorrow. I'm just saying that if, if I was that age and I had to stand in one place for that long, I'd be going to the dry cleaners. Okay, great place to end the podcast. Talk to you soon. I'm Josh. Bye-bye. time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact choose from premium blinds shades and shutters we even have options for your patio too Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.